Oh, good morning, church. We're starting a brand new series on margin. And I got to tell you, leading up to this, I have been applying this, starting to apply it in my life at, at, at a whole other level. And so I'm, I'm really excited about this. And, uh, you know, the, the reality is, in our culture, here's what you and I do. And we've done this for years, and, and so we're living in the results of it. We keep adding things into our schedule, and we keep adding things into our lives, but we typically don't take the time to take anything out of our schedule or take anything out of our lives. Here's one of the things that I know happens with us. When we keep putting stuff into our lives and, and our lives get, get filled up with things, we start skimming in some areas. And, and one of the main areas, there are two main areas that we skim, but one of the main areas is, is in our time with God and in our time with each other. And, and it's, it happens so often even in our marriages. You see, we fill our lives with so much stuff, we don't take something out, and we have just too much stuff in there. And that does not allow any marginal time Stuff happens in life, and you need marginal time, and I need marginal time in the different areas of our lives so when things happen, we can take care of it. Or, 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 the, or so many other things that, that God wants to do in our lives, we actually have time to allow him to do it. This is true in our finances. We offer Financial Peace University here because we are absolutely committed to helping people get out of debt and live with financial margin. And you know what it does? It totally reduces stress, and it allows us to, to actually have the things in our lives that we want to have in our lives, because in terms of finances, we've eliminated debt from our lives, and credit card debt, and, and, and car pay, because in the area of finances, just like in the area of our relationships, and in our time, and in our, this morning I want to talk about really our time with God. If we will tackle this area, and by the end of this morning you're going to recognize this is not a difficult thing to do. You and I can do this. The truth of the matter is, see, our, our culture, we are so, we are, we are constantly putting stuff in. And as a matter of fact, we sleep two and a half hours less than we did 100 years ago. We're sleeping two and a half hours less than we did 100 years ago. So much is changing. We, we now have, we have I get, yesterday I got on my cell phone just to, and I did a Google search because I wanted to know how many items that my cell phone replaced. And, and you can, do, don't do it now, but you can do it tomorrow, or you can do it on the way home, or your wife can do it on the way home when you're driving. But the, it, 50 items, there, our cell phone has replaced 50 items. How many of you remember when in your, in your home or in your apartment, you actually had a phone hanging on the wall? Do, do you guys remember that? Do, do, do you know that, that we used to have things like, a, like an editing machine, and of course, then we got a calculator. Well, our phone does that. And we used to have a camcorder, and now our phone does that. And we used to have a camera, and now our phone does And there's 50 items that our phones do. Our culture is changing. How many of you, when you grew up in your home, 
and, and you made a phone call, you would actually, uh, at least a certain kind of phone call, your mom or your dad would say something like, don't talk long, that's long distance. How many of you remember that? You, you millennials, you can Google that. Google what long distance is and, and you'll find out. It was the whole arena that, that we lived in. The reality is we are not allowing margin in our lives. And if we will allow margin, and, and over the next four weeks I want to talk about that. Because I think so, we are missing out in things in life because we're not allowing margin for things to happen. And not only that, our lives are way more stressed than God ever intended. Because we do things that keep us stressed. For some of us, it's even getting to work. We, we, we get to work, and we have a pretty good idea that by the time we get to work, we're going to be late. But yet, we don't allow enough time to to get to work on time and then have a, even a little bit of wiggle room. So if anything happens, we're, we're, we're probably going to maybe just be on time or we're going to be late. And, and so what do we do? We, we, we spend all this time thinking about that. We, we add stress to our lives. If you were to add up the hours of stress that we bring on ourselves by not allowing margin just in the area of time, God is not designed us to carry all that kind of stress. We don't need to carry that kind of stress. And this morning, I, I just want to look at our, our time with God. How, how do I allow margin? Well, we start to think about, well, you know, to get close to God, I really need to spend a lot of time with God. I don't know if I have a lot of time to spend with God, and, and I got to read his word, and I don't know that I have all this. That's a big book, and it's, and it's hard to understand, and, and, and we just, and the, the, the fact of the matter is, it, but by the time I finish this morning, the, the reality is, guys, we just need, we need to settle down enough to give God 15 minutes at the beginning of our day. Dave Ramsey says with finances, he said, a budget it's actually telling your money where to go as opposed to ending up at the end of the month wondering where it all went. It is the same thing with our time with God. 15 minutes starting our day, and I want to talk about how we would do that. I want to put, really put very practical handles on this for us this morning. I want us to fully understand this whole concept of just having margin in our time with God. The reality is we need to slow down. You know, high-performance race cars, they rip around the track at about 200 miles an hour. And they intentionally schedule in their pit stops. And our lives, our lives in so many ways have become these, these, these fast-paced lives. And if we do not in every area of our life, schedule in pit stops. Nothing is going to get fixed. You can't fix anything at 200 miles an hour. You, you just can't. There's just nothing you can do. So, so let's slow down. Do you know why? Because God is not in a hurry. I don't know if you realize that. 
But God is just not. He's never in a hurry. So we just need to slow down enough so that we can hear his voice. We were so busy rushing. For me, it's, it's getting up early in the morning. And, 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 and I, I notice the difference in my day when I start my day with God and when I don't. The results are so clear. Jesus put it this way. In the Message Bible, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. That sounds appealing to some of us. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it and learn the unenforced rhythms of grace. God has designed you and I. He's designed us. He knows how we work. He knows how we operate. He knows everything about us. And he wants us to learn to live in the context of that, learn to live in the rhythms of that. So I want to talk about three things that we just need to slow down to do, just, just in terms of our relationship with God. Number one, we need to slow down to read God's Word, to read God's Word. You know what I find absolutely amazing? God did not leave it up to us to just figure out how we should live this life that he intends for us. He didn't do that. He was extremely intentional. Through his Holy Spirit, he spoke to the writers, and through them, 66 books he penned, the work of his Holy Spirit, giving us all the, so you and I would have all the word, all the wisdom that we need, all the guidance that we need, everything that we would need. And not only did he do that, but he sent, as followers of Christ, he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. The same Holy Spirit who wrote this is living inside of us, helping us understand how to apply it in our lives. God was very intentional about his word. He was so careful. Look what 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. I, I want to dig into this teaching us, into, into this God's word a little bit. See, when you read a passage of scripture, let's take, for example, this passage of scripture in 2 Timothy. Take your pen with me. As you go through a passage of scripture, you need to be willing to, to, to by the way, you need to be willing to write on your Bible. I know many of us don't bring our Bibles to church because we provide you with the notes. Don't be afraid to bring your Bible. Don't be afraid to write. But, but even in your quiet time, do not be afraid to write in the margin. Write all over that sucker. Write in it. Look, if you, if you screw it up, you can go buy another one. Just write all you want in there. And, and you know, when you write something down, you're, half, you're further down the road to actually applying it. If you don't ever write it down, you're probably never going to do it. 
So, so I'd encourage you in Scripture, write all you want all over your Bible. But as we get this passage of Scripture, just, let's just use even this passage as a model. And I'll, I'll give you several things to underline. All Scripture, underline all Scripture right there in your notes. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach, underline to teach, useful to teach us what is true. Underline the word true. And to make us realize what is wrong. Right? Underline, realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects, underline corrects. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Underline that word right. All scripture is inspired by God. You know what that means? Every page Every line, every word is inspired by God through his Holy Spirit, and it is recorded and preserved so that you and I have the benefit of it in our lives. I, I, I know, you know, if you're a new believer, you pick up the Bible, and, and, and it, can be, it can be hard to read. I mean, it's easy when you start out because in the first four chapters, there's actually a nude scene and a murder all in the first four chapters. So it'll get your attention, but then, but then if you keep reading, then you start to get to the begats and numbers, and it's like, it's like oh my gosh, I don't want to read it. You need to, you need to be afraid to not skip over the begats. That's okay. But if you're a new believer, listen, here's my recommendation. Just, just jump right over to the New Testament. You can catch up on a lot of the Old Testament stories. You can catch up on all of that, but jump over to the New Testament. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, the, 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 new, the writer Paul tells us it's that, that Jesus talks about this, and he said the entire Old Testament, the whole thing, the entire Old Testament is really very simple. You, you just need to learn to love God and love other people. So if, if, you're, if you've just begun to, 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 to follow Christ and you're just started reading, let, let's, let's just accept that. You can skip the Old Testament. You can go back to it later because there's a lot of stuff in there that you want to learn. And we cover that stuff here on Sundays. But you can jump to the New Testament. Just understand that the, the Old Testament is telling us to love God and love other people. Don't choose between the two. You've got to do them both, and you've got to do them both together. That's what I want you to do. But, but then you can start in the New Testament. You can pick any one of the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You pick it and just start to go through that book. As a matter of fact, if you pick Matthew in chapter 1, you're going to want to skip the first 16 verses because it's a whole bunch more of the begat kind of things. You can skip that. You can go back and learn that. I, I challenge and encourage people to read the book of John any one of the first four Gospels. But, but take your time and land there because in those four Gospels, you're going to learn about Jesus. The Bible, prayer, reading, prayer and reading really ought to be done together. When we sit down in our time with God, reading our Bible and praying should, should be hand in hand. They should be done together because when you read God's Word, He talks to you. That's when He informs us and when we pray, we talk back to him. Look what Jesus said in, in the Message Bible in Matthew chapter 6. He says, here's what I want you to do. And grab your pen, okay? He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a quiet, circle the word quiet, scheduled, circle the word scheduled. You know what that word scheduled means? Jesus is saying, 
I want you to make a habit of doing this. Because if you'll do this, and then he goes on to tell you. He says, here's what I want for you. Find a quiet, scheduled place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And if you're willing to do that, he says, the focus, here's what's going to happen, he says, the focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. You'll begin to recognize that you are in relationship with the God of the universe, and you'll begin to recognize that he loves you more than anything in the universe, and that you matter more to him than anything in the universe, and that he has, a, he has a plan and a purpose for your life that he wants to fulfill in your life. One of the first things you need to do is get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, take one of it. You're in church. It's not stealing if you take a Bible, okay? Just so you know. Just take one from the chair in front of you. If you don't have one, take it. Take it home with you. Begin to read it. But I encourage people, get a Bible that you enjoy reading. It could be New International Version, New American Standard, the New King James Version. I grew up as a kid with the King James Version. I, it's, it's the King's English. I, I don't, don't recommend that one. My two favorite Bibles are the New International Version and the Message Bible, which I've chosen this morning to read Jesus' words in Matthew in the Message Bible. My absolute favorite Bible is the New International Version Life Application Bible. Not only can I read, read, the, read the, the, the words in the NIV, but then I can go down to the bottom of the page. No matter what the passage is talking about, I can find how, that I, how I can apply that in my life in today's language. My favorite Many of the things that I teach here, here at, from, at Camelback are straight from, um, from that Bible. Jesus says, you'll begin to sense his grace. What we do is we read for depth, not for distance. What we want to do in our time with God is read for depth, not read for distance. We are not talking about speed reading here. We're not talking about racing through God's word. This is our time with God. Death is what we want. Speed reading is not a conversation. We, we want to explore. We don't want to race. You know, God was absolutely amazing in every way, and he intentionally, he, he knew us so well. He designed and created everything so that he could be in relationship with us. He knew this was going to be an imperfect and a broken world. And he was so intentional about giving us these 24-hour segments. About, so when we finished up this segment of time, we would start a brand new one. And every, every day brings us a brand new morning. Over and over again, we get, if, we get to, if we mess it up, we get to start it again the next day. We, we, we grow day by day. It's not like Groundhog Day where we, where we get up and it's the same every morning. His mercies are new every morning, the Word of God says. And in our relationship, he draws us 
closer to him. James, Jesus' brother, in chapter 1, verse 25, says this. But whoever looks intently, as a matter of fact, let's look at this passage of Scripture in the same context and the same way that we looked at the last one. So grab your pen. I want you to, under, I want you to underline some, some words here with me. Because as we are going through Scripture in the mornings, in our time with God, this is how we want to look at a passage of Scripture. But whoever looks intently, James says, underline the word intently, into the perfect law that gives freedom. Underline the word freedom. And it continues. Underline continues. You know what? When he says continues, he's saying, you need to make this a habit. You need to do this over and over and over again. Continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard. Underline the word heard. All through Scripture, when, you, when we're told to, 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 to read God's Word, so often Scripture tells us to hear God's Word. If you're having your quiet time in the morning with God, I would encourage you to not just read God's Word with your eyes, but read it with your ears. What do I mean by that? I mean read it out loud so that your eyes can see the words, but your ears can hear the words because you are, you are doubling up the amount of senses that are going through God's word. And intentionally in scripture, he tells us to hear his word. When we're reading his word, to hear it. So I'd encourage you in your quiet time, read it out loud just enough so you can hear it. Forget, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Circle doing it. Just put a circle around that one. James says, don't just be hearers, but be doers. They will be blessed. Underline blessed. You see, if you will do the things that he's asking you to do, God's part is to bless. And he will do his part. They will be blessed in what they do. So he's, he's calling you and I to actually take his word, open it up to passages of scripture, and to meditate on it, spend time with it. Now, we're not talking about meditation like Eastern religions talk about meditation, because what they do is they, 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 they meditate by emptying out their brain. When we meditate on God's word, we are totally focused on pouring into our brain. Two totally different concepts. In other words, think deeply about a passage. Don't just give it a, classing, a passing glance. Think deeply about that passage. And there's so many benefits to, for taking God's word into our lives. The, the, the writer of, of, of Psalm, 119th Psalm, says this. He says, uh, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Guys, you, you, look, here's the reality. We know that when we sin, when we do something that we know offends God, there, there are always consequences from it. And, and, and for some sins, the, the consequences are greater than others. And, 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 and the writer of Psalms says, if I hide your word in my heart, if I meditate on it, if, if I do this, 
If I take 15 minutes in the morning, then I am not going to sin as often as I would have had I not done this. I remember years ago, a pastor saying, show me a Bible that's falling apart, and I'll show you a life that isn't. Hiding his word in our heart. You and I need to slow down to read God's word. We also need to slow down to hear God's voice. And these two things you do together. We get up in the morning, we read his word, and we listen to his voice. I want to spend a few minutes on this hearing God's voice thing. Because we're encouraged to do both of these together. And the more you know God's word the easier it is to hear his voice. They they work hand in hand. When we sit down and and we read his word, it's 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 as simple as saying, Lord, what is in this verse for me? What is it that you want me to learn from this passage of scripture? In other words, we're saying, God, teach me. God, talk to me. And don't be surprised if he talks back. I don't, I don't know if you realize this, but I think that as Christians, we think that, you know, maybe, maybe once a year or maybe once in a lifetime, we, we're, we're going to experience God talking to us, God really telling us something. When the truth of the matter is, God on a daily basis wants to tell us things. He, he wants this relationship to, to be at the place, and, and it's not hard. I mean, b- believe me, by the time the end of this morning, we, I think we'll have a better grasp on understanding this, this is not that difficult. But, but he, wants to, he wants to be in a place and in a relationship for us where, where he can talk to us daily, where, where we can learn from him. I mean, he's a, he's a chatterbox. This thing is jammed full of things that God wants to say to us. And we kind of get this idea that, you know, to, to learn something from God, well, that's, that's going to be pretty far out there. That's, that's not going to happen very often. And he's saying, no, no, no. Every day. Look what Isaiah 50 said. He awakes me morning by morning. And every single morning I get up with God, I say, he awakes my ear to listen as a disciple. And what do we do? We let our day get so busy that we start early in the morning and we drown out the voice of God. Margin is the opposite of busy. Now, he's not saying, I want you to be lazy. God has given us a culture Planting and growing, cause and effect. He's given us a call. He wants us to be busy doing things. But margin is so important. And starting our day with impact. Now, here's what I also know. Some of us in the morning, and don't look at them, (laughs) but some of us in the morning are not even Christians before 9 o'clock. We're not Christians until we have at least two cups of coffee. 
So we just have to be intentional about what we do. That, that might mean on the way to work, you turn your radio off. And between the time you leave your house and you get to your job, you live in a conversation. Part of that time, you live in a conversation with God. For some of us, it means not only in the morning, but maybe in our, in our lunch break at work, we, we, we have our lunch, but we actually, we actually take about three or four minutes where, where we kind of tune back in. Three, three or four minutes where, where we connect with God again. For some of us, we just need to know where in our day that we're going we're gonna to make this relationship time with God. Maybe instead of binge-watching Netflix Supergirl for eight episodes, you, you do five, and then you give God a little bit of time. We, we find the way to shut other things down so that we allow this time with him. Uh, two, two things I'll say quickly about, about the voice of God. <clears throat> God never will tell you something or tell you to do something that his word does not agree with. See, this is absolute truth. God will never tell you to do something different than what he tells you in here. Because God is God. This is his word. It is absolute truth. God even if he wanted to, couldn't lie. It is virtually impossible for God to lie. It is virtually impossible for God to contradict his word. If you come to me and you say, Pastor, I think God's telling me to rob a bank. I'm sorry, it's not in here. He's not telling you to do it. Pastor, I think, uh, I think God's telling me to leave my wife and join the circus. No, it's not in here. He's not going to tell you to do something that is not in his word. And the other thing that I notice about the voice of God is the fact that God never pushes. He never puts pressure. He never rushes. It's not his nature to do that. The enemy of our soul will do that. He, he will pressure us. He, he, he will push us. He, he will tell us, go on, you, you need to go, go ahead and cheat on that test so you can get through with it. Go ahead and, go ahead and sign the contract and buy this car. Go, go, just, and, and pressure is what we get from the enemy, not, not so from God. It's easy to differentiate between the two in this area. You know what God does? He draws. He likes to pull us towards himself. He, he, he wants us to take advantage of free will and make our decision. He, he doesn't pressure us. He pulls us and draws us. He leads us like a shepherd. Two totally different. His words are always encouraging. The world needs a savior. Ah, I know a teenage girl, Mary. And he begins to talk to Mary, and he draws her unto himself. And she simply responds to that and says, yes. And he does it with Joseph. And all through Scripture, this loving, caring God draws to himself. He never pressures. He never pushes. 
And he speaks to us really in three different ways. And I want to look at these real quickly with you this morning. The first way is through his word. God speaks to you and I through his word. Guys, one of the things that we have to understand, one of the things that we need to recognize in our lives, while this is a book compiled of 66 different letters and books, its writer was God himself. Through his Holy Spirit, he wrote this for you and for me. And this is not just paper with words on it. God's word is alive. It is alive. And not only is it alive, but in terms of content, it reaches far beyond the context of these pages and these words. These words. Look, look what the, the writer of Hebrews says. The word of God is alive and it is powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit. Who among us could, could decipher where the soul and the spirit meet? None of us. But his word, it says, can, can decipher right between the two of them. And, and then, not only that, but it, it cuts between the joint and the marrow surgical accuracy. That's what God's word is. It exposes our innermost thoughts and our innermost desires. It is alive and it is powerful and it is one of the way that God speaks to you and speaks to me. And he also speaks to us through his creation. When you step out into, into God's creation, I, I can remember we spent a weekend up in uh, Sedona, and, and it, we were out there. And there were no lights around us, and together we just stood there and looked up into the sky, and the stars were stunning. It was, God's creation was so clear. We go out and go out on the ocean and go into, into forest. God's creation is so clear and so powerful. The writer of Romans says this, because what we can be, what, because what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen because they understood through what has been made. So people are without excuse. I got to tell you, if someone looks at God's creation, if someone really is willing to look at nature and to look at human nature and still does not believe in God. They are making a choice, I believe, not to believe in God because God's nature, his power, who he is, is evident so clearly in nature. We see his character in nature. The third thing is 
God speaks through his still, small voice. See, God is God. He can connect with anybody in any way. And Elijah got, you know, he, Elijah was told to go, go, to go over to the mountain because God is going to come through there and he's going to communicate with you. And then look what uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 and 11 and 12 says. It says, and behold, the Lord passed by. So Elijah was there on the mountain and it says, behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, a still, small voice. And verse 13 goes on to tell us that Elijah heard the still, small voice of God. And that's, that's, that's something that has happened in many of our lives. We knew that God had spoken to us with his still small voice, that, he, that he'd gotten our attention. And I, and I believe it happens when, when, you see, you can only hear a whisper when you're close. When we get close enough, sometimes it's a difficult situation that gets us there. But when we get close enough, then God can actually whisper to us. He has our attention. And we're in the place that he wants, and he will connect with us. The other thing I notice about this passage of Scripture is that God is not afraid to come into our world. He's not afraid to come into our mess. He's not afraid to come into the disasters in our life, our failures, our shortcomings, things that happen in our life. He's not afraid to come into those times. Reality is, we need to slow down. We need to take this time so that we can read his word and so that we can hear his voice. And number three, so that we can actually respond in prayer. So that we can actually talk back. God spoke, we listen. Now it's time to respond. Now it's time to look at whatever it is we believe that God spoke to us in whatever passage that we're looking at and be willing to settle down and say, God, this is what I'm hearing you say and, res and respond to him. You know, and we, we think that we're not sure how we should approach God or, or we're not sure if this subject or that subject is something we should or what is it that God wants to hear from me? And, and we go all kinds of places with that. God, God wants to know what you feel. He wants to know what you think. As, as, as you've just read a passage of Scripture, how do you feel? Are you grateful? Are you joyful? Are you hopeful? Are you angry at God? Are you confused? He, you, he wants to hear it. You're not going to scare him or disappoint him. Tell him. Look what this whole, he, he wants us to communicate on a level of our emotions. You know, as I look through Scripture in the Bible, the writer in Psalms 
in all of his prayers, he lays his emotions right in there. Jesus, when he prayed, he was very emotional when he prayed. Give God your emotions. The reality is our deepest relationships, our deepest relationships engage at a level of emotions. Don't, don't be afraid to engage God at the level of your emotions. Psalm chapter 5, verse 1 says, Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. What the heck is that? Consider my lament. The American Standard Version puts the word groaning in there. Consider my groaning. It's like a dad listening to his suffering child. Words are not there, but he understands what his child is going through. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. Prayer is the language of our heart. God wants us to open up our heart and talk to him. And the goal, the goal is not to study about Jesus. The goal is to spend time with Jesus. That's our goal. You know, church, we become like the people we spend time with. The more you and I spend time with Jesus, the more we will become like Jesus. Let me just take two minutes and run through it. See, some of us need a guide. You know, we hear this message, but, 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 but then, then there's, there's confusion in the how-to. Let, let, let me just take two minutes and go through this with you. And this will give you a guide as you step into your morning. Number one, relax for one minute. Just, just sit down with your Bible, open it up before God, and relax. Look at Psalm 46. He says, be still and know that I am God. Just be still. Relax. The second one is read. Read a passage of Scripture for five minutes. And let me just say this quickly about that. Some of us like to jump all over the place. One morning we're in Revelation, another morning we're in Genesis. Let's not do that. Let's pick a book. God intentionally gave us 66 books. If you will take the, start what, you remember this from last week? Start what you finish. Pick a book and begin in a book and stick with that until you finish it. Allow God to say what he wants to say. Allow him to take an area in your life and change it. Start with a book and finish with a book, preferably in the New Testament if you're a new follower of Christ. Psalm 119, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. The third thing is reflect. For five minutes, Lord, what is it you, you've just read the passage of Scripture. You've underlined some things in there. Lord, what is it you want to say to me? Because your word's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path, he says. And then write it down. If you write it down, you are on the path to doing it. The fourth thing is request. Request for four minutes. And look what First John says. John says this. This is the confidence. And you got with this is how we have to understand when we are coming to God at the end of our time with him in the morning and we're requesting. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Listen. God would not 
have gone through the trouble of having his Holy Spirit inspire 66 books saturated with his word that is alive, put his Holy Spirit in you to apply this in your life if he did not want to be involved in your life and in my life in growing us toward him in a relationship with him and our lives fulfilling something so much greater than we could ever even be a part of without him. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. His word teaches us the will of God. The more we read his word, the easier it is to understand his will and the easier it is to pray in accordance with his will. Let's stand together. Guys, 15 minutes. This is a guide to wake up in the morning and allow God to start our day in our relationship with him. Listen, if we are willing to do this, we will go through our day with spiritual margin all over the place and watch God spend his day with you, talk with you through the day, and make a difference in the world through your life and through my life. It's the, the very heart of God desires to do this 15 minutes with you and I every single morning. You know, so often I used to, in, in the time in the evening, I would read God's word and, or spend time in prayer and, and, I, and I would fall asleep. How many of you would say you've fallen asleep? You'd admit that you'd fallen asleep reading God's word or praying? Yeah, there's a little bit of honesty. Yeah, I, uh, and you, you wonder, you, you feel almost defeated in doing that. And, and the more I thought about that, I thought no loving father has ever gotten angry when his child has fallen asleep in his arms. So if you fall asleep when you're reading your Bible or you're talking to God, don't even worry about it. He's your heavenly Father. And in the morning when we get up and begin to connect with him, he designed our days so we would start them with him. Everything about you is the very reason that God created the universe that we live in so that he could be in relationship with you and with me. And his word says he's not willing that any should perish. He's done everything necessary for everyone that accepts him could be in relationship with him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. Lord, as we stop for these four weeks and we look at this concept of margin, of placing margin in our lives so that, so that we can 
really live the lives that you have intended for us. And today as we've talked about spiritual margin, God, help us to help us to be willing to give you the first 15 minutes of our day. Because in doing so, we will live in the blessings. Live in the blessings of knowing that our lives are fulfilling your design, your plan, something so much greater than we could ever do on our own. And Father, thank you that your word is not just a book. It is your word, and it is alive, and it is at work in our lives through the power, life-changing power of your Holy Spirit, gifts that we don't deserve, but, Father, we are so grateful for. God, help us to utilize them. In your name we pray, and everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. Hey, our... Prayer team is up here. We'd love to pray with you. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, we would love to make that, have that prayer with you.